amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gant. For the next 90 minutes, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pcan. Send messages to the show on Twitter at go for can And while you're there, at go for can give me a follow at go for can Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by actor and one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit series, The Haves and The Have Nots. Actor Philip Boyd will be joining us. We're going to get his thoughts on that particular show. Also his thoughts on his Atlanta Falcons who started off good but ended bad. So we're going to talk to Philip Boyd about that. Also, we're going to talk to Manistota State University, Mankato defensive end Josh Gordon will be joining us. We're going to talk to him about his prep for the upcoming NFL draft. A lot of people are talking this, about this man as being a sleeper type guy. 43 sacks during his time at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Also 14 and a half sacks last season. You know, so he's been he's big time, put up big time numbers. Granted, on the defense on the D two level, but at the end of the day, numbers are numbers, sacks are sacks, and we'll see, and we'll talk to him as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft. A lot to get to today, a lot to talk about, and we got to start talking about Steph Curry. I mean, this dude. This guy, I mean, and, and, you know, you got a lot of people coming at Steph Curry, Oscar Robertson coming at him, Isaiah Thomas coming at him. But at the end of the day, the the, the numbers that he is putting up, the three-point shooting uh, accuracy that he – I mean, I look at his numbers and it's just like I'm, I'm drooling at the numbers. I'm drooling at what he's putting up. I'm drooling at the type of season he's having. I mean, his season is better – then last season's MVP season, much better, much better. And and you just look at, you know, he's going up almost seven points per game on average from last season. He's averaging 30.4 last year, he averaged 23.8. I'm looking at his numbers, 51% field goal percentage. And, and that includes 10 threes per game where he's shooting at 46%. So the the numbers are ridiculous. The 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 the, the what he's doing 
is ridiculous. The way he's playing out of his mind is ridiculous. And right now, the way the Golden State Warriors are going, 51-5, and is ridiculous. Can they get it? Can they do it? The more I watch, the more I think. I mean, I mean you just look at the last two performances. You know, him and Tim and Clay against the Magic put on a shooting expedition. I can't even talk. Exhibition. A shooting exposition. I can't even say the word. Let's try it again. A shooting exposition. I mean, they just shot the ball ridiculously in that particular game. They were off the charts. And then you come back after that performance, after the performance that you put on in Orlando, you come back and even better, you 42 against against the Magic, excuse me, against Miami, and then you come back with 51 against the Magic. I mean, 20 for 27 from the field. And and, that, and it's not like he's a big. That includes 15 three-point attempts. And the thing is, it's not like he's a big. You say 20 for 27. Okay, that's something you would think from a big. Not from a dude who shoots the ball from three-point land 15 times. No. But it, it was truly an amazing performance we saw last night. And, and you know Isaiah, we had Isaiah Thomas. I remember Isaiah Thomas come on. He came on here. Well, I didn't, he didn't come on here and say this, but I remember him. He's been on here a couple times. But I remember him saying, you know, the defense today is bad. It's the worst perimeter defense he's seen in the history of the NBA. Then I had Sidney Moncrief come on here and tell me something different. He felt like the defense was was good. Was 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 great. And 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 you know, so you get different uh, different opinions. Based off, you know, that situation, but you also have to look at it from this standpoint. You know, sometimes you got guys who who like to protect their era, you know, and say, "Well, we did it best in our era." No, we did it best in our era. If this guy played in our era, he wouldn't be nothing. If this guy played in our era, he would be nothing. So you, you, you run into that. You, you run into guys protecting their era. Era. You, you run into guys, you know, saying, "You know, this, this our era is better. Our era done it better." And, you know, I mean, the way he shoots the ball from downtown, let's just say you could put some hands. Let's say the defense could be a little better. His range, I think, would maybe even nullify it. I mean, you're talking about unlimited range, off the dribble unlimited range. And I've been I've been saying this for the longest, but he is the greatest off the dribble three-point shooter in the history of the game. Off the dribble, it don't get no better in terms of what Steph Curry can do in terms of shooting the basketball. No, no, there's no one better in the history of this game. Now, you want to talk overall in terms of just a straight three-point shooter in the history of this game. I mean, if he retired today, would he be the best three-point shooter ever? I don't know. I think you can make a legitimate argument that he would be if you ended if this career ended tomorrow. But he's special, and in the numbers he's putting up, it's special. And what this goes—it's just a lot of special things going on 
with the Golden State Warriors. He set the record for uh, most threes or at least one, most games, consecutive games with at least one three-pointer. He set the record last night surpassing Kyle Korver, 128 games. And that streak, barring any type of crazy situation, will continue and continue and continue and continue. It's crazy the numbers he's putting up. It's crazy the season he's having. It really is. And I'm I'm looking forward to it tomorrow when the Golden State Warriors and the OKC Thunder go at it. A few weeks ago, those two teams went at it, and that was a beauty, man. That was a thing of beauty. That was something special. That was fun. And, and I tweeted out, I would love to see seven games of this. I'm interested to see what OKC's response is on Saturday night in OKC this time. In Oklahoma City, I'm interested to see how OKC responds this time around. First time around, again, it was a it was a good game. Golden State jumped out early. OKC came back, stormed back, and, you know, made it a game down the stretch, but OKC couldn't execute the way Golden State. Golden State executed big time down the stretch in that particular game and ultimately put themselves in position to win that ball game because of their execution. They execute, man. You know, the, the passing, the ball movement, they, they kill you. And the thing is, you can't cheat off guys. You know, if you, you're running a lineup out there. Of, let's just say you go small with Draymond and, and Iguodala and Barnes and Thompson and Curry. You know, you can cheat off of Iguodala, but you might not want to cheat off maybe Draymond. Well, you can, might be able to cheat off Draymond and Iguodala. But Barnes will kill you. Clay Thompson will kill you. Steph Curry will kill you. And they're good passers, too. Draymond, you know, has been a walking triple-double at times during the course of this year. Steph Curry's a great passer. I mean, they said they're great. They're all good passers. They're solid passers. And, and they put, you know, their, their their players and their teammates in posi- good position to score the basketball. You have to account for Steph Curry at all times. You have to account for Klay Thompson. At all times. And, and it's, it is the best shooting backcourt in the history of this game. You know, Clay Thompson was big time the other night against the Miami Heat. Stakes, uh, you know, Steph was bigger, but Clay was big too. He was big too. And the Golden State Warriors, man, if they can, you know, you look at last season, almost 80 wins, combined playoff. In regular season, this season, you know, now they're shooting for 70. They, they're better. And they, they, they're getting progressively better. You know, from the 50-plus 50, 50 win team with Mark Jackson to the following year, you know, 67 wins with Kerr, and now to this year where they're on pace for 70-plus. So they're, they're, they've gotten progressively better. And, you know, whether or not that progressively better ends with a second consecutive championship will be very interesting. I think Cleveland in the Eastern Conference will have something to say about that. I'm sure San Antonio will have something to say about that. OKC might have something to say about that. So you got some teams that may have something to say about whether or not the Golden State Warriors win back-to-back titles. Will, will those teams, how much will they? Will those teams say? They, they can say something, 
But how much will they be able to say? When a team is playing the way they're playing. Again, not again, but injuries is the ultimate equalizer. Injuries depleted the Cleveland Cavaliers last season. So much so that they became pretty much a one-man team. That one man, LeBron James, got two victories, but he couldn't get two more. But the, the thing about the Golden State Warriors over these two years is that injuries have not been a problem for them. You know, Harrison Barnes missed some time at the start of the season, but injuries have not been an issue. He hasn't. It just hasn't been a problem for this team over the past two years. But you wonder, you know, with them playing small the way they do, could that have, you know, you know, Draymond playing bigger guys, you know, guys guarding bigger guys, could that take a toll on these guys at some point? It hasn't. Could it? Maybe. But it hasn't to this point. And this team, again, if it ain't, Steph that's beating you. You got Clay who's beating you. If it ain't Clay, it's Draymond Green dropping dimes. I mean, you look at it's crazy. Curry spent the other night against the, the Heat. Curry finished with 42. Clay Thompson scored 15 consecutive points for Golden State in the fourth, and that was on his way to a 33-point performance. So he put up numbers, Steph put up numbers. You're talking about 15 consecutive points. That's huge numbers, and it, it's and we, you know, Oscar Robertson can Robertson can say what he wants to say. Sour grapes, I think, on some level, maybe. But at the end of the day, you, you can't take away from what he's doing. And again, Oscar Robertson knows more about basketball than I'll ever know. But I think it comes with the territory. I think it comes. That's what guys do. You know, those old. That's what people do. And you know, we're all guilty of it on some level. Whether it's basketball or life. You know, the, the, the music. We'll, we'll talk about the music. I can't believe the music that these kids listen to nowadays is garbage. Or our parents were saying the same thing about the music that we were listening to. And then their parents did the same thing about the music they were listening to. So it's generational. We all say it. We all do it. We all talk about the music. I'm going to use the music as an example, but it's a perfect example from the standpoint that everybody thinks their generation's music was the best. I'll say the 90s were great. were a great time for music. Some will say, my parents will probably say it was garbage, hot garbage. Kids today will say, you know what, the music today is great. The best. Kendrick Lamar is the greatest rapper alive. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, kids today might say that. Drake is the best alive. Kids today may say that. But we say that, you, you know, we as people you know, who are a little older and not in the generation that is today, we'll say this, they're crazy. Ain't no way. And so it comes with the territory. And, and, that, and that's just, the reality of the situation, it comes with the territory. So Oscar Robertson, maybe has a point, maybe he doesn't. 
Isaiah Thomas most definitely has a point when it comes to today's defense. But it wasn't like, you know, you look at the points that were being put up years ago, it was a lot of it. In the 80s, there was a lot of it, a lot of points. So everybody and every generation has something to say. Everybody. Everybody has something to say. Everybody has, everybody's going to protect their, protect their era. And, you know, it's common. It's natural. It's understandable. But everybody wants to do it. And so, maybe this is error protecting for Oscar Robertson. Maybe this is error protecting for Isaiah Thomas. Or maybe they believe what they really believe. But I, I don't I don't think you can take away from from what we're seeing out of Steph Curry. This is a magical season. To, to on the heels of a magical season a year ago. I mean last year you had people it, it, it's funny. Last year we had people, including myself, talking about the Warriors Championship. Well, you know, they have San Antonio they avoided San Antonio. Well, Houston was banged up. Well, OKC wasn't in the playoffs because they were banged up. Well, Cleveland was banged up. No Kyrie, no Kevin Love. They were banged up. And, and you know, they, they took that talk, and then you can even talk about the talk with Steph Curry. Well, James Harden was the real MVP. He really should have won the MVP last year. Steph got it, but James really should have won it. He's the true MVP last season. And then now... You fast forward to this year, well, they're on pace to win 70 games. And Steph Curry is even better this season than he was last year. So you you had arguments last year, and this year now it's time for them, the Golden State Warriors, to tell each and every one of the arguments and each and every one of the people throwing out those arguments to shut up. They're shutting people up. All you James Harden lovers, do felt James Harden was the MVP. 2015-2016, I'll show you who the true MVP is. That's what's going through Steph Curry's head. All those people who said the Cavaliers were, were, were would have been a different story if Kyrie was there. Would have been a different story if Kevin Love was there. Would have been a totally different story. Well, they went to Cleveland and smacked the Cavaliers. And they all, by the way, they beat them on Christmas as well. So they swept the Cavaliers. So all you naysayers, all your hate, you haters out there, the Golden State Warriors, are doing everything in their power to shut you up one game at a time. They've done it 51 times. And they're going to try to see if they can do a 70-plus in the regular season. And they can make it 80-plus, including the playoffs. And also make it another title. Another title they take home. So, we'll see. But it's been fun watching them, and I, and I don't. And I, as as a, if you don't like that, 
watching what you see out of the Golden State Warriors. You don't like NBA basketball. You can argue based on some of the ratings that are out there. The ratings are down. There are the, there is a lot of people who are not watching basketball the way they did last season. Ratings are down 20%. So 20% of the people who were watching last year aren't watching this year. So there's no, you know, I guess there are people who don't like it. And the thing was, you know what, when when, when Miami, LeBron, and Wade, and Bosh all got together, they became public enemy number one. And, you know, people like villains. And and his villains are good for the sport. Good guy, bad guys, like in boxing. Floyd Mayweather became the villain. Hate him or love him, you watched him. Hate him or love him, you watched him. And so that that was that was the beauty of Floyd Mayweather and, and that was the beauty of the Miami Heat with LeBron. Hate him or love him, you watched him. And a lot of people rooted against him, but you watched him. You watched him a lot. And then some. But that you know, that that's that could be for the the reason for, you know, the the, the uh, the people not watching as much could be. I'm not saying it is. I don't know, but I know one thing that's for sure in terms of ratings is the NFL. They rate, and they will always rate for long periods of time. Let's go to the NFL now. Peyton Manning. You know, John Elway says he's 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 waiting for Peyton Manning to make his decision, and and. Is there really a decision? Is there really any other decision but retire at this point for Peyton Manning? Is, is there any reason why he should come back? I, I think, you know, you come back from that neck injury successfully. You go out. You win a championship. And, you know, I don't really know what else is there to prove for you. And, and I can't answer that. Maybe you want to prove that you are not done and that you still have a lot in the tank because you were you were you were bad. You weren't very good last season. And so you know, you is that what you want to prove but anyway, John Elway paid Manning. John always said they met for a couple of hours and you know, and and at this point they're gonna give us some time to figure out what they wanna do. But I know this by March ninth, if if you know, obviously, if he's still on the roster by March 9th, that $19 million that he's scheduled to make in 2016 becomes guaranteed money. And I don't think the Denver Broncos want Peyton Manning back next season. And I don't think, you know, they want to give him – of course, I most definitely don't think they want to give him $19 million to come. No way. Why would you? Why would you give – Peyton, why would you want to pay a game manager like Peyton Manning $19 million? What, what would be the benefit of giving him guaranteed $19 million? No benefit. Not a benefit whatsoever. So I, I'm looking at this, and, you know, I think, obviously, John Elway has to be on some level respectful to Peyton Manning, and obviously John Elway has to give Peyton Manning his time. But you got a young quarterback in Brock Osweiler who is about to become an unrestricted free agent. 
And so you got to figure out what you want to do there. And I think your focus has to be on Osweiler. And I think your folks that's where your focus needs to be. You need your focus needs to be on Brock Osweiler. Not Peyton Manning. That time has come, that time has went. It's done. And Brock Osweiler five and two as a starter, you know, seven starts, ten touchdowns, six interceptions, solid. He was solid in base off of what you get out of that defense from the Denver Broncos with the way they brought it last season. Obviously, Vaughn Miller, he's a free agent. He's going to get some good money. you got to resign him. But there ain't no way you're going to pay Peyton Manning $19 million. Even if Peyton Manning decided to pay, take a pay cut, I, I still don't think you want to bring him back. I think you want to you, you want to – unless Peyton Manning wants to come back as a backup, and obviously I don't believe that's going to happen at all. So unless Peyton Manning says, I want to come back as a backup, and I'm cool with being a backup in, in this league, then that's the only way it would happen if I'm John Elway in the Denver Broncos. But most definitely, I'm not paying you $19 million. I'm not paying you $10 million. I'm not paying you $5 million. I think in a lot of ways, I would want you, unless you want to be a backup, to almost go away. The numbers were not pretty for Peyton Manning. Again, he played well enough to beat who he needed to beat in the playoffs. He he managed to get his team to the playoffs. But the numbers are putrid. The numbers are nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions. That's bad. The numbers are horrible. And they they weren't much better in the postseason. They really weren't. I mean... In terms of what he did in the postseason this year, only one interception protected the football, but he only had two touchdowns. 55% completion percentage. Very average to below average. 75% quarterback rating, so very average to below average type numbers for Peyton Manning last year. And And so I don't know how with those type of numbers, you can even offer to bring him back. I don't know how you will want him back. And, I, I again, I just think at this point, you know, John Elway's giving Peyton Manning his respect and his time because he deserves that respect. But I think, you know, at, at the same time, it's February 26th. March starts on Tuesday. March 9th. I believe, is next uh, two weeks from now. So decisions have to be made. And a decision will be made shortly. And I'd be shocked if Peyton Manning decided to come back for another season, for another 19th season at the age of 40, just based off the way he played this year. And based off the way he played in the playoffs, I don't think we all had any more confidence. I mean, I don't think based off of the playoffs that we saw to Peyton Manning that I would hope that somebody, Archie, his wife, somebody can get to his ear and say, yo, dude, it's time. You're taking this as far as you can. It's time. You went out on a high note. 
take go out on that high note and just walk off into the sunset. Don't be foolish, don't be crazy, don't be dumb enough to think that you can go out there and continue. Because you start testing fate on some level. You know, you were able to come back from that serious neck injury. But you start, you're, you're testing fate on some level, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, how, how your skill set has depreciated. It has. It's a lot of miles on you, a lot of miles on those tires. And so, with that being said, it's time. It's time. And, and and speaking of it's time, it might be time for the 49ers to trade Colin Kaepernick. According to reports, Colin Kaepernick does not want to return to the team. It was funny. Chip Kelly said earlier, you know, earlier to reporters, he wants to be here. He's never expressed to me that he didn't want to be here. He expressed to me that he's excited about getting healthy getting and getting going. And we're excited about getting him healthy getting healthy and get it going. And, and so, but obviously, that's totally different, totally different from what the reports are out there. ESPN's reporting, Kaepernick has asked for permission for a trade, to seek a trade. And, and so, we'll see how that, 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 that settles for him, how that, what happens for him. You would think, I mean, you want to to be in this offense, to have an opportunity to run this Chip Kelly offense because it is on some level. I mean, quarterbacks it's a quarterback friendly system from the standpoint quarterbacks put up numbers in this in this system. Nick Foles, who had an awful season, put up twenty seven touchdowns and only two interceptions in this system. Sam Bradford had a decent number had decent numbers in this system, career high type numbers in this system. So quarterbacks put up decent numbers. So this is a a quarterback-friendly offense. I mean, Sam Bradford put up career highs in numbers and and passing yards. His career high is 21 in terms of touchdowns. We had 19 for Philly. So decent numbers. You know, so career high, not career, well, yeah, career high of completion percentage, 65%. So the numbers speak to this being a quarterback-friendly offense, the college offense. And you can argue Kaepernick had a lot of success running a college-style offense with Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers with a lot of that read option and pistol stuff. That was before the league figured it out. And some say the league has figured out Chip Kelly. But Chip Kelly, to his Chip Kelly, in his defense, has never had that running quarterback, Michael Vick, for a little bit of time, but he got hurt. So Chip Kelly's really never had that running quarterback that gives you that dynamic where you have to honor when that quarterback, you know, sticks the ball. You If that quarterback, you know, makes the ball, gets the ball in the shotgun and, and puts the ball in the belly of the, court, of the running back, you have to at least think about that quarterback. You didn't have to think about it with Sam Bradford. You didn't have to think about it with Nick Foles. You had to think you you would have to think about it with Colin Kaepernick. Because you would have to figure out whether or not this boy 
This guy is going to keep that ball and keep going. So Cap obviously wants out. And Chip Kelly, you know, you got Evan Mathis who who talked about last week on this show, he kind of saw it coming in terms of what happened to Chip Kelly and the demise of Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, some believe, have been, has been figured out. He has been figured out to a lot of people. So maybe Colin Kaepernick, just doesn't want to be a part of it. He doesn't want to be a part of a guy who was said to be aloof. Doesn't want to be a part of a, a guy who who treated players in a way that they didn't want to be treated. A guy who sent superstar caliber players packing. Guys like LaShawn McCoy. Guys like Deshaun Jackson. Guys like an Evan Mathis, guys who who balled out for the Philadelphia Eagles, guys who put up numbers for the Philadelphia Eagles, guys who made plays for the Philadelphia Eagles, Chip Kelly got rid of them. In the midst of getting rid of Jackson and, and McCoy, he found a way to keep Riley Cooper, who may have a hard time getting a job, in 2016, Chip Kelly overpaid for Riley Cooper. And you wonder, what's next for Riley Cooper? What's next for him? And some argue that the decision to keep Riley Cooper was the beginning of the end for Chip Kelly. Some argue that. And I think on some level, it's a legit argument. It's a legitimate argument. That was a mistake. I said at the time it was a mistake. You don't, well, obviously Chip Kelly thought he could help him, but you don't let average talent stick around. You, you, You give leeway to guys who make plays. You you give leeway to guys with star to superstar type talent. You don't give leeway you don't give leeway to average to below average players. To good blocking wide receivers. <laughs> you don't give leeway to that. And that's what happened. Leeway to an average talent like Riley Cooper, and especially in the locker room, you know, in the locker room in the NFL, what, 70 80% of the players are African-American. So you're talking about those type of numbers, and you're talking about alienating a good portion of your ball club. Alienating a good portion of your ball club just to keep around and appease average talent. You don't do that. We'll see what happens with Colin Kaepernick, and obviously he wants to move on, and we'll see if he, in fact, does move on. And if he does move on, we'll see where he lands. LaShawn McCoy, speaking of LaShawn McCoy, you know, the video 
that's been circulating in and around the country. You know, the, the video of him getting into a, a bar fight, him and a few of his boys getting into a bar fight with off-duty police officers in Philadelphia. Well, reports are, you know, a lot of people were, were thinking of, uh, charges were going to be coming, charges were imminent, that charges were going to happen, and that LaShawn McCoy was, in fact, going to get charged with possibly a felony. Now, according to all report, according to a lot of reports, LaShawn McCoy probably won't get charged. Now they're saying that he won't get charged, according to reports, but somebody else in his party that was with him that night may. <clears throat> and so my thing is, you know, obviously, I don't want to say obviously, but it, it looks like LaShawn, I don't want to say he got away with something, but it looks like LaShawn may have, have beat this. And, and I said at the time, I thought it was going to be very difficult to bring charges against LaShawn McCoy based off of what we've seen video-wise. What I saw video-wise, I'm thinking to myself, well, is that enough? I mean, how does this thing start? Is this a situation where, you st- where you know, you, you, the, the two parties get into a disagreement, a little pushing and shoving, and LaShawn McCoy's crew happens to get the best of the fight? Or was this an all-out assault by McCoy and his boys? And, and so I don't know how you were able to prove that based off of what you saw in those videos. Was LaShawn McCoy protecting himself, or was LaShawn McCoy just doing out in an all-out assault against somebody, against those off-duty police officers? I don't know. And you got the police, you know, the head of the police union out there in Philly coming out and calling for charges, and, you know, Jim Kenny, the mayor of Philly, calling out, and coming for charges. You know, you, you got all that. You, you got all those guys coming out and, and saying charges, you know, should be uh, levied against uh, this guy, LaShawn McCoy. And I'm like, you know what? That was irresponsible of Mayor Kennedy to say that. And I know the police union guys, the, the head of the police union, trying to protect his people, his boys in blue. But here, if I'm... If I'm LaShawn McCoy at this point, I know that I'm going to be a target whenever I hang out in the Philadelphia area. I might be a target, not a target per se. I'm not saying police are going to come after him or anything like that. But I'm saying, you know, you you may not get the benefit of the doubt if you do something else in the Philadelphia area. They might, police might be quick to do something uh, and, and, you know, try to, you know, bring something against you. Police might be, and it may do that. You so you got if you're Lasalle McCoy, you might not get the same type of leeway that you may have gotten in the city of Philadelphia. So if I'm Lasalle McCoy, my advice to you, man, is I I would probably spend little time in the city of Philadelphia. I I think I would find a different place to hang out. I know I believe they said he lived in Marlton, New Jersey. Uh, I think I would try to find another. I might even move out of the the tri-state Philadelphia area, Jersey, uh, Philly, Delaware, I might move out of that area. Because you, there there might be some cops that have a little something against you. I'm not saying the cops are going to do anything crooked. But I'm saying, let's just say LaShawn does something that's questionable, the leeway that he might have had might not be the leeway he would get at this point in time. 
because of what happened. So with that being said, LaShawn has to be very smart what he does, where he goes moving forward, especially in the Philadelphia area. You've got to be smart. Otherwise, you're going to run into, he might run into more problems and more issues. The cops really, I mean, just based off of what you're hearing, that they really, really wanted charges to be levied against LaShawn McCoy. And, I, you know, I, again, as I looked at the video and I'm just listening to the story, this to me sounded like maybe a situation where, you know, a fight was happening between two parties, apparently over a bottle of champagne. Alcohol had to be, you know, maybe people were intoxicated at the time. Could think that, you know, something like that could have caused this type of issue. But anyway, it led to this situation, and maybe it just led to a guy, two guys, two people fighting, or a bunch of people fighting, both squads, LaShawn's squad against the, the off-duty cops squad, you know, squad against squad, boys against boys, and LaShawn's boys got the better of the action. And so being that they got the better of the action, at that point, you know, they, they, they got over. And at that point, it becomes self-defense. And the rest, I guess, on some level becomes history. But, I, I mean, I, again, if I'm LaShawn McCoy, I'm not in Philly. I'm not hanging in Philly. I'm not doing it. I, I'm, I'm hanging in different places. Because I don't know, you know, that blue wall is something. Again, I'm not saying cops are going to be out to get LaShawn McCoy. And let me reiterate that. I'm not saying cops... Philadelphia cops are going to be out to get LaShawn McCoy. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying the little the leeway that he may have had. I'm not saying he had any. But let's, the, 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 whatever he may have had, he doesn't have no more when it comes to the cops in Philadelphia. Whatever, you know, the, 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 he don't have it no more. So with that being said, I would think about possibly taking my party elsewhere. Go to New York couple hours away from Philly. Go hang out in New York. My life is better anyway. So, got more options. Go hang out in New York. Or, maybe even this, just stay home. Netflix and chill. Watch TV. Watch Golden State and and OKC on Saturday night. Chill in your crib. Watch that game Saturday night. Or, you know, March Madness is coming up in a couple weeks. Championship, Championship week is coming up as well. Stay in your crib, watch, watch it. Stay in your crib and watch it. Don't, don't, you know, don't, 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 don't put yourself in position. Don't put yourself in, in that position. Don't, don't be foolish. And hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. But hopefully, Sean McCoy learned the lesson. And, and hopefully, you know, whatever happened in terms of with the cops and everything, I, I don't know. I just hope everybody walks away with a learned lesson. That's all. Delonte West. And, and you remember Delonte West. You know, I'm a Philly guy. So I remember Delonte West and St. Joe's and that team. 
that went to the Elite Eight, almost beat Oklahoma State, Jameer Nelson, and, and, and Delonte West in that backcourt. Delonte West ultimately went to the NBA, Boston, Dallas, Cleveland, and, you know, had a, had a decent career. Had a decent career. You always, you know, you always hear the rumors of Delonte West and LeBron James's mother. You always hear those rumors, but but you know, you you know, Delonte West had some issues, had some mental issues over the years, and and now you got issues and situations now where Delonte West is hanging out with you know next to Jack in a Box restaurant, and 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 you know Jack in a Box restaurant hanging out there with no shoes on. You know, looking raggedy and whatnot. And there are also reports that he's out there yelling at kids at the mall. You know, I mean, so there's 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 everything going on with Delonte West. Money issues. You know, Bank of America suing him unpaid credit card, hundred and eight thousand. You know, it's crazy. Crazy foreclosure on his three-bedroom house in Maryland where his parents live, you know, after falling behind, 44 grand. It's just sad. And, you know, according to his brother, it's issues with his bipolar. It's, It's issues with his bipolar disorder. And so, it, it's 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 sad. It, it, it's a sad story. It's really a sad story because this was a man. You know, Delonte West had a it was had a solid pro career, a solid pro career, decent defender, shoot the ball a little bit. You know, he's solid. And it seemed like at one point in time he he got the bipolar condition under control, and and he was going and headed in the right direction. But now he's falling off, and now Delonte West is in a bad spot. And let's hope Delonte West can get the help he needs moving forward. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Minnesota State University defensive end Josh Gordon. You're listening to Portal Block Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs, time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you you a bone, man. I was trying to get your your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, (laughs) too, man. Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around to. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's not Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> so- 
And we're back. Go for it, blogtalkradio.com, talking sports, having fun doing it. We're about to bring a guy now preparing for the upcoming NFL draft. You know, we've got a combine week out there in Indianapolis. And, you know, this is a guy's smaller school situation. And, you know, he's not out there, but he's still preparing for an upcoming regional combine out there in Minnesota. So we're going to bring him in now, former Minnesota State University Mankato defensive end, Josh Gordon. Josh. Hey, hey, how you doing? How are you, man? I'm doing really well. I uh, just got done with a hard week of training and uh, do a little relaxing this weekend. Okay. So, you know, you're going to relax this weekend, but you got the Minnesota Regional Combine coming up, and what do you hope to accomplish at that particular combine? Uh, Well, I definitely hope uh, just to um, put on a good show and uh, – you know, um, have a good performance and uh, show the, you know, scouts that, you know, even though I'm from a smaller school, I have the skills and the knowledge to uh, play the game and the athletic ability as well. So just to play with the uh, big-time athletes, the D1 players, and uh, just to show that I belong. And, you know, you've, like you've done big things on the D2 level, 14 and a half sacks in 2015, 43 sacks in your career. Who is Josh Gordon, the pass rusher? Uh, can you say that again? You you had a lot of success, 14 and a half sacks in 2015, 43 sacks in your career. Who are you, the pass rusher? Who's Josh Gordon, the pass rusher? Uh, Well, uh, I'd say it started with the run stop first. Uh, I mean, that, okay. that's how our defense is built. Uh, I'm stopping the run. Uh, you know, everybody likes to sack the quarterback, but, you know, if you don't put – offenses in that situation where they have to uh, throw the ball, then you're not going to get those opportunities. So, you know, I'm just a a high-motor player, uh, likes to fly around, get to the ball, and uh, when need be, turn the tails back and get after the quarterback. So is that that an underrated part of your game, your run-stopping ability? Uh, I definitely think so. Uh, I mean, my, uh, you know, first two years, that's that's what I was uh, known for. I didn't get the – big sack play, so, you know, I wasn't really getting the recognition, and, uh, you know, then I started getting sacks and getting all the recognition, and, I, you know, I kind of was sitting back like, hey, I've been, you know, a good player this whole time. <laughs> so, okay. you know, it's, it's definitely an underrated part of my game. So you, you talked about your run-stopping ability. We know about your pass-rushing ability, but what are the strengths of your game? Uh, I Strength of my game, I say, is as you said, my uh, pass rush moves, but uh, uh, probably just my pad level, uh, playing with a low pad level, or firing off the ball with, you know, that good pop uh, to get offensive uh, linemen on their heels, uh, where I'm really empowered in and in control of the situation. So as you go to the next level, obviously you were, you you were you stood up a lot. Is that where you plan on being in a three-four type defense, or or ultimately you want to be in a four-three situation? What, what, what do you want to be? What, what system works best for Josh Gordon? Well, honestly, I've never played in a three-four defense, so it'd be hard for me to, uh, you know, really say on that. Uh, I like the the four-three defense, and that's what I'm comfortable with. But you know, I, I would have no problem learning a new system. Uh, I like to learn new things and. Uh, 
I definitely wouldn't have a problem being in a three four system. Uh I would uh, just like to you know, I think I can cover uh cover running backs in the flats and uh, you know, be that stand up outside linebacker type of guy and uh definitely bend the quarter and get to the quarterback. We're talking to the universe, university. Uh, excuse me. We're talking Minnesota State University Mankato defensive end Josh Gordon as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft. And Josh, NSIC Defensive Player of the Year for the second year in a row. What does that honor mean to you? Uh, it, it definitely means a lot. Uh, I think it, it means a lot for our school. It uh, shows uh, the coaching staff, you know, that we have. Uh, they put the players in the. Uh, Great situation. Uh, we actually got that award the uh, year before as well, so we got it three years in a row at the end. So it shows um, the capability of uh, being a game game changer at that position uh, for me, and uh, it was definitely an honor to receive that uh, two years in a row uh, and uh, proves all the hard work that I put in. On the next level, what do you feel like you need to improve on to be a fixture in the National Football League? Uh, I definitely think I'll probably have to uh, get a little stronger. Uh, I've been working on my quickness a lot and uh, becoming more athletic, uh, so that's definitely a thing that I've seen improve uh, just ever since I've uh, started training and uh, getting a little more lean and getting my body mass uh, better. So really just becoming a a more explosive player, uh, taking that explosion uh, to a new level. Do you feel like you're in the best shape of your life? Oh, yeah, un- un- <laughs> undoubtedly. Uh, definitely in the best shape of my life. And it uh, feels good to, you know, just be training every day and getting after it. And uh, it really makes you, you you feel better when you wake up, you know. It's just overall a, a better feeling. So definitely love training and getting after it and uh, want to uh, help keep improving my body. We're talking to Minnesota State University Mankato defensive end Josh Gordon. Who do you compare yourself to? That's on the that's in the NFL right now. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I uh, big, but I, you know, I like to compare myself to Von Miller. Uh, he's okay. definitely an explosive player, and uh, even before the um, you know Super Bowl MVP and all that, you know, I would love to you know watch him play. Just the intensity that he plays with, and. Uh, you know he's uh, my kind of my body type, so I definitely see myself and uh, just beating tackles and uh, just getting after it and uh, covering in the flats and uh, receivers and just being uh, that guy, you know, in whatever facet he uh, the coaches ask him to be. Now you you played on the D two level, Division two. Some will say, you know, you put up those big-time numbers, but it was on a Division two level. How do you mm-hmm. respond to something like that? Well, I definitely understand, you know, why people would say that, but uh, so the response to that is you, you can't control who you play. You can you only can control how you play. And, uh, you know, I played against who I played against, and I think I showed that I could play against them and uh, even better competition by you know, putting up the numbers that I did. Uh, and I never, you know, back down from the challenge, and I, I'm ready to play anybody. Will there be a little chip on your shoulder at that Minnesota Regional Combine? Oh, there, there's been a chip on my shoulder ever since I went D2. Okay. So you, you felt like you had, coming out of high school, you felt like you had Division One talent. 
Uh, well, I mean, I, I have a, a tough situation coming out of high school. I don't know how much time we got. I don't want to get into all that. But I definitely right, knew right, right. coming out of high school that I could play with uh, the guys that were going Division One because I played right. against them and, okay. you know, had success, you know. So I was an under, under-recruited guy and uh, got my opportunity and made the best of it. Most definitely. We're talking to Minnesota State University, Mankato defensive end, Josh Gordon. Now, uh, let's look at it this way. You are a Milwaukee guy. You're born in Milwaukee. Were, mm-hmm. were you a Packers fan, Bears fan? Where where do you fall? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. My, my heart's with the Packers. You can't, you can't be from Wisconsin and not love the Packers. Right? I, don't, okay. I don't think that goes together. <laughs> I, oh, I know Milwaukee's pretty close to Chicago, so I was thinking maybe you could go, you know. Yeah, nah, nah. Yeah, that was tough going out to uh, school here in Minnesota. I had to see all the Vikings fans, you know. That was, right, <laughs> that right. was a big rivalry. <laughs> For sure. So, go ahead. No, no, no. So, would you, what would it mean to you for the Packers, if the Packers were to give you an opportunity, what would that mean to you? Oh, that would that would be the dream of a lifetime. Uh, just playing for the home state, you know, uh that the uh Packers, you know, believed in me to uh pick me, you know, that that would mean a lot. Just being a hometown kid and uh this is where I've been. I never moved. <laughs> I've been in the same house my whole life. So it's just it'd be really special, you know, to have a uh, play for the team that I was, you know, was raised loving, you know. So that definitely something uh be something great but you know, with that being said, uh, you know, I'm ready to play for anyone. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So at this point, you, you might, there's a good possibility that you may go undrafted. And so with, with that being said, what, what is what is your mindset as the draft comes? How do you approach everything? What is your mindset? Uh, my mindset is, I mean, like we said earlier, you know, I had that chip on my shoulder and I'm an underdog. So, you know. If uh, it ends up that, you know, I don't get drafted, that just, you know, adds to the chip on my shoulder of always being an underdog, you know. So that just pushes me to work harder. And, uh, you know, whoever does end up giving me the opportunity, is uh, they're going to be happy with that. End of the day, end of the day, why should any of the 32 NFL teams give Josh Gordon an opportunity? Uh. I'd say uh, because of the, the person I am, uh, the team player that I am, uh, and, you know, the, I come to day, you know, every day to work. You know, I come every day to work hard. And uh, it's not just me talking. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, you can uh, ask the people I've been around. Uh, you know, I've been in, in college. We only lost five games. So, you know, I was definitely part of a group that knew how to win and uh Bring that uh, championship mentality uh, every day. That's the only way you achieve it. So, fans, make sure you support this man's journey as he journeys possibly to the NFL and, and as he goes through this journey of trying to make it into the NFL. Is, is this the toughest thing you've ever been through, trying to get yourself ready and, and, and you know, ready to get to the NFL, trying to get yourself drafted and trying to get yourself on an NFL roster? Toughest thing you ever yeah. been yeah, it's definitely just complicated and hectic and just how everything, you know, as soon as college was over, everything, you know, started moving and there's all these moving pieces and, you know, getting the agent and finding the right pro day and just 
all the training and just getting everything, you know, set in stone. So it's definitely a hectic and a chaotic thing, but it's uh, definitely trying to enjoy the whole experience because uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. For sure. So fans, support his journey, and, and make sure you remember the name, Josh Gordon, Minnesota State University, Mankato. Josh, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing yeah, but the best of luck moving forward. Let's do it again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, Take care. Uh, I enjoy talking with you. Have a good Likewise, one. best of luck. Yeah. Josh Gordon, Minnesota State University, Mankato defensive end, as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft, which is right around the corner. you got a bunch of guys running in 40-yard dashes and, and getting measured and, and lifting weights as we speak. The NFL draft is upon us second half hour and second and final half hour of go for it starts right now And final half hour of Go For It, starting right now in this final half hour. We're going to be joined by actor Philip Boyd as he talks haves and have-nots, which airs on OWN each and every Tuesday, Temptation Tuesday, each and every Tuesday on OWN, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, on Tyler Perry's hit series. The haves and the have-nots. Philip Boyd will be joining us in the next few minutes as we talk haves and have-nots. Talk a little Atlanta Falcons football. Philip Boyd came on here uh, sometime during the season. Before the season started, we went through the schedule. He said the Falcons were going to go 12 and 4. When they were 5 and 0, it looked good for them. When they were 6 and 1, it looked good for them. But after that six-game winning streak, it didn't look so good. Didn't look so good at all. But it's going to be fun talking to Philip, and we'll get him on in the next few minutes. And, you know, as we, before we had uh, Josh Gordon, I was talking about Delonte West, and it was, you know, it's it's, it's it's a sad story anytime you see somebody, you know, make it all the way to the NBA, have a lot of success, make a decent amount of money, and then, you know, come to the situation now where things get bad for them. And, and so you got. After, you know, TMZ saw the story, after the story on TMZ and what's going on with him, you know, you, you got people out here reaching out to him. Uh, Phil Martelli of St. Joseph's, uh, you know, has reached out to the family. Mark Cuban of the Dallas Mavericks has reached out to the family. So you just hope, you know, and mental illness is a tough, tough situation. You know, it's one of those unseen things. You can see various illnesses. You can see if someone is hurt you know, physically, but it's hard to see someone hurt mentally. It's hard. And so and when you when you when you see that, you see that, it, it's it, it's tough to see and it's difficult to see and it's sad to see. But you just hope that all in all Delonte West will get right. Hopefully. We'll see. When we come back, we'll be joined by one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit series the haves and the have-nots, 
actor Philip Boyd. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's early. That's not Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. Go for it. BlogTalkRadio.com. Talking sports. Having fun doing it. Paul Gann here. We're about to bring in a guy now who, uh, you know, is doing big things on Tyler Perry's hit show, The Haves and the Have-Nots. I mean, it's a popular show. It's getting big-time ratings. People are watching. And people are talking about it. You know, you you go to his Twitter page on Temptation Tuesdays, and you see a lot of a lot of interaction between this man and his fans as they talk about the haves and the have-nots. And you know, again, big time show. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are loving it. And we're going to bring in this man now. Let's bring him in now. One of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit series, The Haves and the Have-nots, actor. Philip Boyd. Philip. Hey man, how's it going, buddy? How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Paul. How about yourself? Doing great. Thanks for joining us. And as we get right down to it, we look at this season, and you know, I'm afraid for you because because Candace is going to get you. <laughs> Candace is going to get you, man. You afraid? You know, uh, yeah, a little bit. The more I watch it, because here, here's the thing: is that you know, when I'm playing Oscar, I don't get a chance to see all the other scenes that are going on. So I'm watching it for the first time like you guys are. So I don't get to see all the stuff, you know, behind the scenes when she's like slapping the social worker around, grabbing her hair and punking her out. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching that going, Tyler Perry, what the hell's wrong with you, man? <laughs> I guess that's a little, <laughs> would that be a little situational irony going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know she's after me. I mean, I knew that from the beginning, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to find out how she finds Oscar, you know, or, or if she does. I, and I think, I think she's going to get, she's going to find him. I think she's going to get him. And I kind of feel sorry for, for what might happen to Oscar Brandon whatever his name yeah. is. <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little afraid well, for him. Go ahead. Well, that's the thing is that Tyler Perry wanted just to make it more simple, and so we just decided to call myself Oscar when I came back to the show this year. Um, you know, I think that he 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 didn't have a real clear cut picture of what Oscar was going to be doing after the after he wrote me in the first time, and so he called me the other day and he says that we got some we got some big stuff coming up. So, you know, we, we might uh, we might get out of it with uh, Candace. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> I haven't seen so, the clips yet. Uh, 
yeah, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Let me ask you this now, and and I, I mean I tried to figure this out. I was watching the show with my wife and everything. You know, you were hired by uh, uh, David, and and you know, you were t- you turned off Benny's phones or you, you redirected his phone lines and everything. Is, is that possible oh, in real week? life? Can that be done? Uh, you know, yeah. There, I mean, listen. <laughs> With everything going on right now and all this stuff coming out that, you know, especially with the social media, you get to hear about all kinds of stuff, you know, happening. I mean, I don't know if you watched the Netflix documentary Making a Murderer or anything like that. I think that anything can be done, you know, after watching that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of shady people out there, man. People that know how to get, you know, get in touch with certain people and do certain things to make it look a certain way. Right. Absolutely. Because, you know, as me and my wife were watching, we were just thinking about, is that even possible, what he did? And if so, you know. I think if you have the ends with somebody. I think if you have the ends with somebody. I think if you have the ends with somebody, like on the other side, inside track, you can kind of shift things around, man. Right. Right. Just maybe for a small amount of time that won't, like, you know, really call attention to, to, to to anything. But I think I definitely know some people that I talk to that can reach out to somebody and make something happen and, uh, you know, nobody will hear about it. Right. So don't do nothing to my phone line, all right? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> let me, let me ask you this. Going, Thank you, sir. Let me let me ask you this. You, you, If in real life, let's just talk real life, if you had somebody like Candace stalking you down and, and, and coming after you, would you really be scared? That's a good question. Uh, you know, with the popularity of Oscar's character, there's a lot of people that have kind of reached out. Uh, so uh, <laughs> let me think. Um, let me let me think. No, I wouldn't be. Okay. No, I wouldn't. Right. Okay. Why not? No. Why? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it, uh, let's see. Uh, because I think that, if somebody like that was to come after me in real life, I think I would have enough. I've, I've, I've turned enough corners, I think, in my life to where I could figure out a way to navigate around it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I do. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think you. I think. I, I mean, I would be a little scared, but I think I get. You know, I think I. Yeah, but you know, I mean, honestly, man, like if it is real life, there's always the whole thing about a restraining order. And keeping right. people away, you know. So, yeah. if it really got down to it, yeah, I'd be all right. But there's a lot of underhanded stuff going on. I mean, this is you know, with 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 Oscar, with Candace, a lot of underhanded stuff going on. So that's a that's well, a whole little seedy little world going on there. Well, let's not forget, you know, how this all started in the beginning. You know, I mean. Right. I don't think that was right for to blackmail him for you know seven million dollars or whatever it was. In the first sure. place, man, that's a bit much. It's a bit much. Karma. It's karma. Yeah, I mean, don't be greedy. I mean, I think that's a, right. I think that's a lesson in life, you know, that, that Tyler Perry is trying to, like, show people uh, by his writing, you know. I mean, listen, that's that's pure greed, I think, you know, $7 million to, to extort that from somebody. Right. If, if she was smart, she would have done a, a lesser amount, and it would have been, like, all under the table and kind of been hush-hush. But True. she had to be, you know, she had to be a big girl and try to go after the big money. And it's like, okay, you, you want to play in that world? All right, 
You want to be greedy? Here's what's going to happen to you. And now, flashing her, money, her greed. flashing her money all over the place, and she's buying people's right. houses and tow yards and stuff like that. Come on, man. <laughs> and, and then, because of the greed, now you have a situation with War Warlock, where now she's running into that issue as well, not giving him, you know, the type of money that he wanted or expected for doing the job that he did. So, you know, yeah. like you said, I mean, it, it's all coming down on her, it's crashing down on her hard. Yes. Who knows what's going to happen, man? You know, but... <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what's we're, funny, we're though, talking. Go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. We're talking to one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit show, The Haves and the Have-Nots actor, Philip Boys, and so you can go ahead now. Oh, I was just going to say, man, like, you know, uh, it's 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 great to watch the show and kind of get involved in it as a as a viewer and to kind of see where everything is going, you know. Right. What well, so uh, what you so you were you were shocked. I mean, cuz I as a viewer, I was shocked that the social worker did those underhanded things. I mean, I I was shocked by that. Yeah. I I kind of was too, man. Uh I, like I said, I don't get a chance to read all the scripts that that are presented if I'm not in the in the show, so I don't know exactly everything that's going on. But yeah, I was kind of shocked as well. I'm really curious to find out how Tyler Perry's going to wrap all this up and, or even you know, create more storylines for other characters. It's it's going to be interesting. Right. Yeah. I, I, um, I you want to? I, I, I think he's going to find a way to. You know, he's he's a creative genius, so he's going to find a way to make this continue on and continue on in a great and exciting way. It's, it should be fun, man. It should be a lot of fun. So so moving forward, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns? I think so, man. I mean, you know, yeah, I do, I do. I really do. Uh, I think that uh, the show is definitely growing in popularity. Um, yeah. You know, they had a big press tour this year. I think John Schneider and... Angela went out and um, promoted the show a little bit. Tyler Perry was promoting the show. Uh, and so I think that it's, you know, it's got a big fan base now, and I, I think it's pretty awesome, right. man. I'm just surprised we haven't been nominated for, like, an Emmy yet, you know, with the amount of it's viewers we have. It's a great show. And it, it kind of harkens back to the days in the 80s with Dynasty and these, uh, you know, these nighttime soap operas, you know. Yeah, exactly. That was yeah, a good a fun time. world to dive into. Yeah. You, you know, the frustrating thing about me and soap operas, I used to watch soap operas uh, a few years back, and then I just got finished with it and done with it because they always left you hanging. And, and you know, I, a lot of times I get frustrated with this <laughs> show because it's always leaving you hanging. Every week is always something that leaves you hanging. That's the frustrating part about soap operas. It is frustrating. Uh, like, even when I go to work sometimes, I'm like, come on, man, let's get this this storyline over. He's like, oh, I can't, right. man. I can't. Oh, come on, man. You're killing me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, I mean, I, I get, you know, it, it comes with the territory at the end of the day. So, obviously, you got the haves and the have-nots going on. What, what else is going on with you, man? Well, you know, I spent the summer uh, just doing some writing on my own and developing some things, uh, you know, after, I think we're going back to film in April, back okay. in Atlanta. Um, and after that 
goes on. I'm going to try to do some of my own projects after we get through filming this season. Um, still, I'm still working on them, so it'll be another couple of months before I get them up and going. Okay. But that's been my, my full attention this whole summer and this whole winter and coming into this year. Okay. All right. So you want to talk about the, we... you want to talk about the football season we had? Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm I was kind of embarrassed. I was I was going on I was going there right now. Last time you were here, last time you were here, we 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 talked about the Atlanta Falcons. We went through the schedule, and you somehow, some way, had them going twelve and four. After five weeks, that looked beautiful. Even after seven weeks, what when they were six and one, that looked beautiful. And then. November came, and then that six-game losing streak happened, and, and from there it just it just fell off. Your thoughts on the Falcons' season? I, I mean, I don't think many expected them to get to the playoffs. Were you okay? Were you happy with eight and eight? Well, listen, at the first of the year, yeah, when the first season started and they started doing great and they were playing out of their their minds, I thought it was great. I was like, woo, I can't wait to have another conversation with Paul on the radio and talk about this. <laughs> but then it started to take a turn, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's if it's nerves or if it's just getting outplayed, outcoached, out, you know, whatever it may be. I, I don't know. Um, I think it's hard when you get a new coach coming there to, to you know, change the whole team around. I think that next season they'll probably have stuff to build on that they learned from this season. Um, but I think we might want to look at getting a new uh, a new QB. And I and I hate to say that because Matty Ice is great, but I don't know. I don't know if he's the one. You still, that was my next question for you. Where you so you you've you've had enough of Matt, Matty Ice? I mean, twenty one touchdowns, sixteen interceptions. You know, made some costly mistakes, and, and has been that way for Matty Ice, it seemed, over the past couple of seasons. So you you feel like at this point, Matt Ryan, thirty years old, you know, you feel like at this point that you're 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 ready to see something new at the quarterback position. I I, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see what we got. You know, let's let's mix it up a little bit. Um. He might need another year under, you know, Dan's uh, coaching. Because mm-hmm. uh, Coach Quinn, I mean, I'm sure he's got, he's got a new, you know, a whole new offense kind of coming in. We got, uh, you know, we got we got stuff to build on, and I, I'm I'm excited about it. But at the same time, it's like, all right, guys, let's go. Come on, you guys started out so great last year. We can do this. <laughs> were you were you, yeah, were you, mean, you told me in the very beginning. Now, if I remember correctly, you told me that Carolina was going to go all the way last year or this year. I had actually no. I had the Saints winning that the NFC South. I could, I should have lied and said, "Yeah, you're right." No, but I had the Saints winning the NFC South. So I was, I was oh, wrong you did. Okay. about the Carolina. Yeah, I was wrong about the Carolina right. Panthers. And speaking of the Super Bowl, I was shocked by what I saw in Super Bowl Fifty. I didn't expect the Bron. I mean, I know the Broncos' defense was big time, and I know history tells you number one defense usually beats number one offense. But the way the Carolina Panthers were flowing. The way that they just had the look of it was their year, it was the year of Cam. It, it just had that feel. I was shocked by what I saw in Super Bowl Fifty. How about yourself? I was not shocked. Okay. I had Denver winning that. I had had Denver winning that uh, as soon as they won the the championship, the AFC championship. Right. Um, okay. 
You know, I, and that's why I can put it is, you know, I mean, I, defense wins championships for sure. But then you got Peyton Manning as well, okay? And he's an experienced QB. He's got a you know great mind, football mind. Uh, he's going to be a great coach. And, uh, you know, it's like that, that feeling, you know, you ever think about getting into a fight with your dad, but you know better because he's got that old man strength, <laughs> that wisdom of kind of what's going right. on, and you, and you think better about it. That's how For I sure. felt about the Super Bowl. But, but, you know, and I don't want to badmouth anybody. Go ahead. No, just go finish up. I was I don't want to badmouth anybody, man, but, you know, you look at, like, the greats. You look at, like... Like you know, like Michael Jordan when he was in the in the basketball championships, he never came in like hooping and hollering and talking all this smack and stuff. He just went and played the game and he won the championships. Right. He was he was good. He was great. One of the best. For sure. And I think if you got to be the best, you got to act like the best. You can't like go spouting it around and like saying, "Oh, look at me, look at me. Let's do this. Let's do this. just come on, play the game." <laughs> you know what? And 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 you know. I, we had Willie Rofe on the show a couple of weeks back, and he made an interesting point. He, he talked about LeBron James. When LeBron James first came into the league and when he was with the Cavaliers those years, the first time around they were taking pictures. When they were doing the picture thing on the sideline and all those things and, you know, all the extra stuff. And then ultimately uh-huh. LeBron James kind of took all that stuff out of his game. You know, you stopped, when he went to Miami, you didn't see a lot of that stuff that he was doing in Cleveland. And I look at Cam Newton, and I'm almost saying the same thing, you know that stuff is cool when you're winning, but when you when you're not winning, that stuff becomes extra. That stuff because people, you know, they pounce on that stuff and they talk about that stuff. And 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 I think at some point with maturity, I think all those things are going to go away. I mean, you, I, I just think at some point you got to get rid of the extra stuff. I agree with you 100. percent I think it is. You know, when you're in the moment, you definitely want to live in that, and you want to like take that hype and like live it up and like you know really put out that energy of, like, this is it, this is it. But like you said, you know, the more you just concentrate on the work and, and, you know, playing the game, that's where the real champions are. Right. Right. Definitely. You know, we talk, we're, we're, we talk about acting and stuff like that. And, right. And all the award shows and all that stuff is great. But you know what? You don't get to the award shows unless you do the work. You don't sure. get to live, you know, that life – unless you do the work first. What are your thoughts on the way Cam acted at the end of the Super Bowl? You know, I, I don't – he acted the way he acted. It's not me to decide or judge or anything like that. I, I think that, you know, many other athletes have probably acted the same way. But the problem is that we talked about before is when you give a lot of hype, the media is going to pounce on your every move right. and make you right. look either – great or make you look like a you know a chump or something whatever you want to call it you know whatever they tried to portray him as um listen cam is a hell of an athlete i'm not taking anything away from that guy he he is a hell of an athlete he did great for the carolina panthers and he made it to the super bowl i mean he put up some incredible numbers this year sure so big time uh, you know it, it is what it is man you give the kid a break he's a professional athlete and, and you know the, the Exactly, and also you, you look at it, it was it's similar to like in your situation if you were trying to audition for the biggest role of your life and you come up flat. If I put a microphone in your face after you coming up flat, it's probably not going to be pretty. 
No. I, I probably wouldn't want to, you know, talk to anybody. I probably want to go crawl right, in a cave right. somewhere and be like, you know what, I messed up. But, you know, you got to <laughs> own it. So you, you put yourself in that position. If I hyped it up and told everybody I was auditioning for this part and then I, you know, completely fell on my, my face about it, then it's mine to own. And right. That's true. You know, I think with maturity, you see that as well. You know, it, it, it'll be he'll be fine. I, I think so. And I guess the, the the bad part for you, we're talking to actor Philip Boyd, one of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit show, The Haves and The Have Nots. I, I guess the bad part for you is, for the next few years, Cam Newton might be standing in the way of what your Atlanta Falcons are trying to do. He might be standing in the way uh, of you know your Atlanta Falcons in terms of, in terms of winning an NFC South division, in terms of winning the NFC South division, in terms of getting well, home field advantage in all those different situations. Are you a little nervous, concerned about Cam and, and the Carolina Panthers and what they've have built over there, Paul? If we look at the record, if we go back and look at this past year's record, I think we beat the Carolina Panthers the second time did. around. That you do. Okay. So, you know, like I said, the Falcons are a weird team. Like you, like the team, like the times they're supposed to get like just, you know, slaughtered. They'll make it an interesting game. Right. And then the times they're supposed to roll over somebody, they'll get beat by thirty points, and it's like, what the hell, guys, you're <laughs> killing me. So now I'm not worried yeah. about it. And you know what? That that swoon that they had in November into December. I mean, obviously that was the season, but if you, instead of going on with six, maybe win two or three of those games, go maybe three and three, you probably make the playoffs. I mean, you know, I, don't, I guess a lot of teams yeah, play those things too, but, you know. Yeah, there wasn't a lot I of mean, teams that were running away with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, it is what it is, and I think, you know, I think you have a good coach there in Dan Quinn, and, you know, you can do a lot, of, you can do a lot worse than Matt Ryan as your quarterback. But at the end of the yeah. day, you, you look at I look at a few years back when they, they had the 49ers down there, what was it, 17 and nothing in the NFC Championship game at that one point? 49ers uh-huh. were able to storm back, ultimately win the NFC Championship game, ultimately go to the Super Bowl. Do you think that was the year? Was, it, was that the year you think that the Falcons – could and should have won the Super Bowl the year where they had that they had an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl up seventeen nothing in the championship game was that the year? I think so, man. I, I you know that's yeah yeah, but you can't go back and like judge games. You know they happen the way they happen, and so true. Yeah, I mean we were all excited about it for sure, but then you know just the curse of the darn Falcons, man. Ugh. <laughs> but I am excited about the uh, the combine this year. I see a couple of good players coming up this year. Okay. You know, like the boy Keith Marshall from Georgia. He's tearing it up. Okay. So, I mean, what do you want? Do you want defense? Do you want offense? I know you got the situation with Roddy White. You got to figure that out. Do you want defense, offense? Where, where do you want to go? With the Atlanta Falcons? I think yeah. that they need to – yeah. They, I think they had a great, they had a good defense this year. I mean, they gave up some big plays, but every defense does every now and then. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I just, I think offense is where we need to like really concentrate because Dan Quinn was a defensive coordinator. Obviously, that he has a defensive mind. So I think that we need to concentrate a little bit more on the offense. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And and 
So we'll we'll see where the Falcons go in this upcoming NFL draft, and we'll see where the Falcons go. Period. I mean, you know, uh, you yeah. expected twelve and four last year. Eight and eight was what they had. But I mean, I I think as a Falcons fan, I think you should be okay. I think you should be fairly happy about what you had last season and what the future holds. I think you could, I, I think you could be happy if you're a Falcons fan. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm. I'm not. Listen, I, who knows what can happen? But I'd like to see where they get in the draft and where we're going to go after that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Roddy White, you want him back? You want him to go? He's got a big price tag. You, you, where, yeah. where are you at with Roddy White? You know, Roddy White is amazing. Uh, I'd say bring him back for another year. Okay. All right. So you, you want Roddy? You say Roddy White back in 2016. So we'll see what happens. Fans, make sure you check this man out each and every Tuesday, Temptation Tuesday, on own, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, on own, Tyler Perry's hit series, The Haves and The Have-Nots. Also, make sure you check him out on Twitter, at Boyd. Check him out there. Also, go to his website, philipboyd.com, and support all the great things going on with actor. Philip Boyd. Philip, man, it was a pleasure. As always, wish you nothing but the best of luck. And I said philipboyd.com. It's actually philipboyd.net. So, correction, make sure you note it, philipboyd.net. Support all the great things going on with Philip Boyd. A pleasure, man. Nothing but the best of luck. Can't wait to do it again. You too, brother. Talk to you soon. Take care. You too, man. All right, bye. Actor Philip Boyd. It was a pleasure talking to him. I also want to thank Minnesota State University defensive end, former Minnesota State University Mankato defensive end, Josh Gordon, for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for it For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.